This is Plan B, Episode 10, for June 11th, 2013. Welcome to Plan B, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin with insights for the novice, shop talk for the expert, and opinionated discussion for the interested observer of Bitcoin and related technologies. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is my co-host, Drew. Well, hello, hello. Well, hello, hello. Ten episodes. Guess what, Drew? Huh? Big show. <laughs> what? That's right. That's right. It's, un- it's unavoidable. It's unavoidable. It's kind of been a crazy week. So we gotta we gotta talk about all the crazy events that have been going on in Bitcoin, and then we've got a couple of guests lined up for this week's episode. Uh, we definitely have one lined up. I haven't heard from the other one yet, but we'll see where that goes. Uh, but first thing we have to do is I want the chat room to call out right now as we're going what they think the price of Bitcoin will be at the end of the episode. Just put it in the chat room. Right now it's 108, and that's unique because I think last week when we were doing an episode it was around 121. And it really all kind of happened over the weekend. In fact, the, during the pre-show, the chat room was like, has Bitcoin gone crazy, you guys? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Did you watch it over the weekend, the price just tank? No, I, I think, I don't know. I just looked at it at one point and I was like, ah, uh, uh, great. <laughs> Here we go again. I, I, I am impressed about that, about your ability. See, I have a ticker up on the screen always. I have a widget on my Android phone. Everywhere I go, I'm always aware of the price of Bitcoin. And you've kind of, I know you used to do that, and you've kind of said, you know, I'm just going to check it from time to time. Uh, and so I was watching it, and uh, I'll tell you, I started seeing the price sell sell off go, uh, I think it started happening almost right around the start of June, um, is where it's really, it's kind of been going on for several days, but then it really accelerated over this weekend. Right. And people have been trying to figure out, is this as a result of maybe funding issues with Mt. Gox, you know, all these different methods to get money into Gox are shutting down, right? That could, right, be, right. That could totally be affecting it. Uh, people have speculated that people are concerned about regulation. Maybe that's affecting it. That's a huge concern. Yeah. Um, and the other thing you got to wonder about is you got to wonder about a little potential foul play, maybe from the same group in the past who were successfully DDoSing Gox, taking maybe a new approach. And the only reason I say this is I've seen some conversation threads on the Bitcoin talk forums and on the subreddit. <clears throat> but also, there was this tweet that came out, and it was from uh, this this guy who, was, when I read his uh, Twitter profile, uh, Fontis, he's got 31, uh, oh, 3,000. Almost read that the wrong way. Uh, but here's, uh, here is his uh, tag on his, um, on his uh, Twitter profile. A guide to altcoin pumps, and <laughs> and he's got a little, uh, yeah, he's got a little, he's bragging about it. He's got a little imager link here where he's got like a little uh, uh, screenshot of bragging about how he helped pump and dump uh, uh, the Bitcoin market. That's it. That's in his uh, profile. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted on uh, May 31st, looking for one large BTC crash near June 8th, lasting three days with a four-day recovery. If this does not happen, I'll be quite surprised. <laughs> it's actually exactly what happened. Sounds like some inside information. Yeah, and uh, what's what's notable, um, if if uh, you look at the Bitcoin chart around the time the crash happens, there was like a 20x volume in sales than what we had seen 
for the previous two weeks. Like uh-huh. it, the amount of bitcoins that all of a sudden hit the market was twenty x above what it normally is. That's right. a huge amount of volume, huge amount of volume, just all of a sudden out of nowhere. So it seems like a lot of people got together online and said, "Hey, we want a bunch of people to pull together their bitcoins and sell them all at once." Well, if we're all going to sell anyways, let's sell them all at once. We'll bring the price down, and then those of us that want to buy back in, we buy back in at a lower price. Sounds uh, reasonable. Sounds dirty to me, Drew. True, I know. <clears throat> but what are you going to do, right? I mean, this is what they can do. And you yeah. know, and eventually, it seems like we settled down from the DDoS as they stopped freaking us out as much. Right, yeah. It seems like there's not there's not really any panic anymore. Like, I, dropping 20 to 30 bucks, everybody's like, eh, you know, eh. Right, and what's weird... What's weird is Sunday, as the price was sliding pretty significantly below $100, a whale comes along, and for like way above market price, like at a time when the market price was like $99 or something like that, maybe even lower, maybe maybe somewhere in that range, he buys for like 107 108 and then he buys 15,000 Bitcoins at once, or she. Totally reverses the direction of the market. <laughs> right. Kind of interesting. And was that a group buy? I mean, 15,000 Bitcoins, that's, even at 99 a coin, that's a significant amount of money. Oh, yeah, huge. I don't know, been interesting to watch. And, of course, I've, uh, not that <coughs> I didn't intentionally, excuse me, but I did happen to sell off a bunch of Bitcoins at the 121 price hey. point to pay for my new HTC One. <laughs> and then it crashed pretty soon after. I was like, oh, I'm glad I sold off when I did. Yeah. <clears throat> but be skeptical, people. That's all I'm saying. Well, we got a big show. Why don't we jump into our feedback first, like we like to do here on the uh, Plan B show. You can email us, planb at jupiterbroadcasting.com, or hit that contact link at the top of our site, which always seems to actually work a little better, because then it avoids the spam filter and stuff. Uh, this one came from Will, and Will wrote, uh, you were talking with Adam on your recent episode about the ugliness, clunkiness, clunkiness of Bitcoin addresses and QR codes. Well, I think you should know about a website I found to which I am in no way affiliated, that allows for one to embed an image within under a QR code. Take a look and play with it. The free ones aren't wonderful looking, but they're still cool. Um, we actually got several emails about different Bitcoin shortening services. Right, yeah, like third parties that give you like what URLs or whatever to, to shrink the yeah. how much you have to deal it with. It seems right? like there's a lot of trust issues there. Yeah, that's, a, that's what I put. In, it was uh, mentioned in the subreddit. Um, he gave us a couple links, and that was that was the main concern that I posted about. Is like you're kind of you know you're you're introducing that third party in between you and the person who you're trying to you know give coins to, right? And you know it, it's probably all right, but it, that's it adds a layer of distrust to the whole thing. Like you said, one thing that'll help a lot with you know I mean I call it the ugliness just because for example in broadcasting or radio I can't say and send your donations to and then give you a Bitcoin address over the microphone. That's just ridiculous, right? And so then, you know, what I have to hope is that you go to our website and you see it there. There has been discussion about somehow putting like a Bitcoin protocol handler into the HTML5 specification so that a browser would recognize a Bitcoin address and then know that this is sending off a payment to somebody and it would either hand it off to the appropriate application or there would be some sort of internal, you know, process. Uh-huh. plug-in kind of cool that can make it easier it doesn't solve the appearance um and you know i i i plan to look at some of these shortening services we i, I think three or four kind of stood out that were recommended to us i don't know drew i just uh, I'm i mean because if you're gonna put an address in there you're gonna set it and forget it i don't think you're gonna go back and check to make sure that nobody's modified it you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. You're, you're gonna ha- it's like continual maintenance that it's gonna have to be right i mean 
if you put your address in there and then you post it online, if somebody gets a hold of it or if the person who hosts that service that shortens your Bitcoin address is a little nefarious, then uh, I wouldn't go back every right. other day and check it. You want it to almost be a peer-to-peer solution. So that way you can't have somebody shut down and all of a sudden you're not getting your payment. Right. Maybe a separate, a separate protocol that kind of works side by side with Bitcoin. And something that where you couldn't have like somebody sitting at their headquarters and looking at every address that gets shortened and who and, who's sending money to and from them. Right. So it almost... I almost wonder if it has to be built on top of Bitcoin itself. I, or, I think so. Or, or like BitPay does it. Like maybe BitPay could give you vanity addresses and they do the trend. Since they're already handling your payment processing, they'd handle the, the you know, the, the, that mapping maybe. Yeah, it's true. I could see it going both ways. Yeah. All right. Well, Stefan writes in. He says, hey, guys. Well, hey, Stefan. Very interesting show. While I'm not a miner myself, it's funny. A lot of people who contact me who don't really follow Bitcoin closely, they always follow it up with, I'm not a miner. I think a lot. I think there's a lot of conception out there that people think that uh, people who are in Bitcoin are, are mining. Um, in fact, I've had people also tell me that, well, if you're not mining, why are you into it? Uh, so anyways, a former poor college student that uh, cannot afford a high electric bill and new parts. I do have to say I enjoy the show. I do have a couple of questions for both of you. First, how could CISPA or a similar bill affect Bitcoins or any other virtual currency? My second question is going back to episode two or three when the clip of Jimmy Kimmel was played on air. It was said that Bitcoin only has value of a bunch of ner- that a bunch of nerds agree that it's worth. Isn't that kind of a <clears throat> basis of all currency, even gold? Maybe that's an oversimplification. But I also feel that the only reason Bitcoin is being picked up uh, is because it's so new. I could go on about this, but I'll save you from that. Thanks for the great show, Stefan. So how could CISPA or other kind of cybersecurity slash snooping laws affect Bitcoin. What do you think? This is, something, this is something that you cover a little, or talked about a little bit in Unfilter, I think. So I think you might be a little bit more familiar with CISPA than I am. So, I mean, what is CISPA in a nutshell then? It's, uh, it's, it's, it legalizes what we've recently found out is already know, right? happening. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was going to talk it about. Re- it's like, well, yeah. you know, these laws kind of exist, but they're kind of irrelevant when the institution that, you know, oversees these laws can just... Override them. It actually echoes exactly what happened uh, with the telco industry. They began wiretapping based on government requests first, and then they passed laws to make it legal. It's actually exactly what happened. Um, so, you know, I've also mentioned that there's no reason the federal government, oh boy, big sell-off going on right now, Drew, big sell-off. Oh, that's because we're alive. <laughs> I know. Uh, I've also mentioned that the uh, federal government uh, could, uh, you know, download a copy of the blockchain themselves and just watch everything that everybody's spending, right? So, I I, I wonder I wonder what kind of monitoring and, and, and analytics you could pull out from watching the blockchain very, very closely. Like if you had amazing computational power to really do analysis, because we've seen things where based on a few things that an anonymous person searched on, they were able to track down um, who these people were. I don't know if you remember, but there was a leak from AOL years ago where there was no names, but they were based on the information these people searched for and a few other things that got down right to the person who did it. And there's always been these interesting ways to connect the dots, and it provides at least another data point. Even if it's not the whole way they track you, it's another way they can at least get data points. And actually, that's a big part of what PRISM is about, is getting all of these different signals. Right. So there's that element to it. But I I think if he's asking, if Stefan is asking, can CISPA stop it, shut it down? No. Uh, That's sort of the the beauty of peer-to-peer. And uh, you you can block pro- ports, you can you can block protocols, but you can only do it in small 
isolated areas behind firewalls, inside corporate networks, but you can't do it internet-wide unless every single ISP with every single router out there at every single point did it. And if, if that was the case, then you would have seen BitTorrent and Tor shut down years ago. It's just, thankfully, in a lot of ways, the internet is very primitive. It's, it's, it's a very primitive system that is infinitely complex as well. And thankfully, as long as they don't screw with that design, Bitcoin is just one more packet that's being switched over these people's networks. Right, yeah. And you can't really stop it. But the protocol, I mean, you can't really mess with it, but I mean... And you can't, you can't go like, you can shut down Gox, you can shut down, um, you know, all these different, uh, you can shut down Dwala and Gox, you can shut down all the things around Bitcoin itself, but you can't really shut it down. Yeah, and then people would be moving, but are be moving to, you know, like purchase goods or services or whatever, use an exchange that is offshore, I would think. Because I, mean, I, th I would think that TISPA applies specifically to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Or, or any of these kind of cybersecurity legislations. I think CISPA, so the, the big advantage, and this is in the PRISM um, presentations, is that they say, the NSA says, United States of America has the home field advantage. Most of the important internet services are housed in the United States of America. Even if there's data centers offshore, they're operated by American, for some reason I'm getting more of an accent as I go, <laughs> getting more pride. Uh, they are operated by American companies, they have American data centers, and um, in a lot of ways, you and I have less to worry about, though we still have a big problem, than they do. They they are really being monitored. They're really being tracked. Um, right. So yeah, they got to be the focus. We're, I mean, I think the individuals are are fine, so far as we can tell. Right when you now. when you think about it, it is kind of a freaky thing. It really does bother me quite a bit. I I've, I think the the fundamental aspect of Bitcoin that if you zoom out is it defunds this system, right? It 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 removes the power from this system. To a, to a large degree. And it, it allows you to operate outside that system for now. So uh, Bitcoin's way more destructive to those powers than those powers are to Bitcoin. And that's why they're so freaked out about it. I think so. I think they, they, they got to be terrified. If not, if not now, then in the near future. Because I mean, even if Bitcoin fails, something like it could take its place. This week, even if it fails. There's a Bitcoin talk forum. I just scratched it from the show notes because we ran out of time. But uh there is a uh, the IMF worked with I think a guy out of New York or somewhere to uh, write up an analysis of uh, Bitcoin's threat impact to the IMF, and uh, one of the things they talked about is the IMF doesn't currently have any tools to quote unquote control Bitcoin like it does the other world currencies because they don't have um, a funding mechanism to buy a huge amount of Bitcoin, and they're their control theory. So what they're what they if they if they feel like if they ever needed to get in a position to control Bitcoin, it would have to be accepted as an IMF currency, which is only allowed to for nation states right now. So that would require a massive restructuring of the way the IMF works. Then they would own a a massive amount of Bitcoin, and that's how they would quote unquote control it. Is is their philosophy? But they don't currently, according to this analysis, have a way to do that. And so for them. Uh, they specifically state that they really have got no tools to use against Bitcoin as the uh, International Monetary Fund. That's good news. It's good. It's good, but it also shows you they're really thinking about it already. <sighs> I mean, Bitcoins, they're all, I mean, they're taking this stuff a lot seriously, a lot faster than they used to. Right, yeah. There definitely has been a huge ramp up in terms of, uh, they, they must be, you know, this year alone, a lot of these uh, bankster guys freaking out. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, maybe. Not really. I mean, they don't. They just seem to get a slap on the wrist and then move on. I mean, you know, it's funny. Here we were talking about uh, that uh, uh, that huge uh, uh, money laundering sting for, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it right now. We just talked about it last week. Liberty, Liberty Yes, Virginia. thank you. I mean, to call that the, the largest money laundering scam <laughs> compared to what things like HSBC and the other banks have done is almost criminal. It really is. So these bankers get away with everything. Yeah, fortunately, they get to call other people criminals and, uh, you know, define who is and who is not a criminal. Well, Drew, one of the things that I recommend people do, uh, you know, because the banks are getting you down, the price of Bitcoin, if it's going down, that might be getting you down. So this is the perfect time, like any, to maybe play a little a little uh, Bitcoin gambling. So I thought we'd call up Paul, Paul from BitVegas. Now, uh, you guys remember we've had BitVegas, uh, Paul from BitVegas on the show before, and BitVegas just recently did a huge update and like they redid like a ton of the lobby they read whole new maps all that kind of stuff and it looks so great and bit vegas is such a fantastic example of taking some of the best things about the internet and putting them all in one spot it lets you use your internet fun box money in an awesome way it uses minecraft in an extremely innovative way and it involves community at a fundamental level so uh, i wanted to get paul back on the show just to talk to him about what's going on with BitVegas and what they're up to. Paul, welcome back to Plan B. Hello, nice to be back. Uh, you are our first returning guest, by the way. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. so nice tell, to be part of Milestones. So tell everyone uh, what you guys have been up to over at BitVegas. Well, we've been really, really busy. Um, we've basically just scrapped the old casino and gone with a completely new one. Um, our old one was, I don't know, about... 20 meters by 20 meters big. This one's six stories of huge floors. It's actually a lot bigger than I expected it to be myself, and that's due to getting a lot of volunteers in just to help build and get it all ready. Yeah, that was my impression when I uh, when I logged in for the first time. It is really massive. In fact, uh, you even start outside the casino. <laughs> you can buy yeah. it. <laughs> like a real world. Uh, and it, you guys have gone. There's lots of little extras, uh, uh, just little you know nice touches everywhere. You have... Uh, Spots for community people just to hang out, like bars and bathrooms. Have you uh, have you seen an increase in uh, usage since the uh, revamp? Um, the funny thing is, we've actually seen a slight decrease, um, and I think that just goes along with the whole um, Bitcoin in general has just lo lost a bit of interest. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I believe that's what it is anyway. Also, uh, some of our advertising uh, places have stopped us, stopped letting us advertise on there, such as Reddit. Well, um, now why would Reddit block you? Because of gambling? Yeah, they've blocked all gambling sites. Uh, you might see that Satoshi Dice doesn't advertise on there anymore as well. Oh, I, I just thought that was because they don't play in the U.S. anymore. Oh, well, that could be part of it too, but they won't let me on because of gambling. So Even though it's Bitcoin, huh? Yeah, that's. I, I was just as shocked. Because hmm. that seems like then they shouldn't allow any, any uh, game that has any kind of virtual gaming inside of it. Yep, I don't know the exact reason, but they just won't let me on. So, uh, all right. Well, you got you guys have still, even though the even though the uh, usage is down, you've been roll you've rolled out this big update. You kind of are, you still. I, I kind of seem. It feel to me. It feels like you guys are in the just the right position. You have just the right kind of combo of awesome off the grid kind of place to go hang out and have fun. I I'm a little a little bummed to hear the usage is down. Yeah, well, I think uh, as of the last maybe week, it's been picking up back again, um, and that's thanks to us just getting out there and getting some advertising done. Um, one of the newest things I have to mention is we've just partnered with a website called Bitcoin Get, 
which is um, a faucet for people just to get some free Bitcoins uh, when they're getting started. And basically, we're teaming up with them so people can go on the site, do promotions, watch the ads, get free Bitcoins. But instead of having them build up and go to their Bitcoin wallet, they get sent uh, directly to their BitVegas account. <laughs> that's cool. So they can get in and start playing without actually having to even really spend any money. Exactly. So that's quite a big partnership for us, um, just due to the fact people will go to that website and when we launch on the homepage, they'll be able to see that they can have it directly sent to BitVegas uh, instead of their Bitcoin wallet. And I think that's just one of the many streams that will get us a bunch of new players. So where do you guys see yourselves going as, uh, say, things kind of pick up and keep going forward? Uh, what's kind of next? Uh, we've got a lot of things planned. Like in the new casino, we've already added a bunch of things. Like we've got slot machines now. We've added in the drinks, like you said, um, so people can just casually have a drink, which you can also win money off. Um, we added in the high rollers room, which means we've increased our maximum bet from one Bitcoin to two Bitcoins. And even to get into the high rollers room, you need to have a one Bitcoin in your account mm. or the bits won't let you in, which is pretty cool. <laughs> nice. If you go under, does it kick you out? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't actually kick you out at this stage. I thought about that, but I figured if people were just betting and they slightly go under, it would be kind of annoying to get kicked out. You're right, right. So we'll see what we do with that. Um, but as for features upcoming, uh, we have poker, which did actually launch in the old casino, but it was a bit buggy at the time, so I had to pull it out. And then with all this new casino being built, it's kind of being put more and more on hold. But that's the, on the top of the priority list for the next one because we have just so many people interested in poker. I bet. And um, we have an item store coming, which is you're going to be able to buy some items for your character, some, some other things that might be in there, like might be pets, so people can buy a little, I don't know, pet pig or something to follow them around, just some cool stuff. That is really good. Well, yeah. I, you know, I think uh, I was. I guess I'm hoping. I think the. I think what we have is sort of Bitcoin seems to have at least historically little surges here and there in publicity, and every time uh, it, there's a big there's a big peak and a bunch of people rush in, and 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 honestly, the last time we had a big rush, a lot of the infrastructures just didn't handle it, and they disappointed and let a lot of people down, and so a lot of people left. But yep. more people stayed around than were here last before, right? We have more. We had more people retention. I think the same thing's likely to happen each time something major kind of happens. There'll be a there'll be a spike. We'll have a little retention, and it's just going to continue on like that. So right now, you guys can kind of build, and and every time you know there's a big news story that breaks or something like that, you'll probably see a little bit a bump in in usage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, the way I see it is, um, I actually do a bit of buying and selling on localbitcoins.com, and. I've been advertising on there for a fair while now and not had a lot of interest. And just recently, since we did the drop to under 100, I've just had a ton and ton of buy orders come in. And that oh, just yeah, shows yeah. everyone's getting interested again now that the price is... I, I think people feel we're hitting a new bottom and it can only go up kind of thing. That's what a lot of people seem to think anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's putting a lot of interest into Bitcoin again. Yeah, and in truth, the recent drop probably helped a lot of people buy back in. And I think that's why... Uh, after we saw the whale buy on Sunday, a lot of people said, okay, that's it. It's going back up again. Let's all buy again. And people have waited for I waited. When it got down to uh, to uh, 102, I bought two Bitcoins. Oh, there you go. So, I, you know, I think, it, I think uh, I'll let that sit around for a while. You'll probably, you'll probably see me in BitVegas spending them pretty soon. Well, that's good. <laughs> when it hit 100, I actually, um, when it dropped down to 99, I sold a bunch of mine. Um, regretting that now, but oh. I'm no trick. Hey, before well, I let you go, are you worried at all? When you saw that Satoshi Dice was like, eh, we're pulling out of the U.S., did that make you go, wait a minute, should I worry about that? Um, not really. The, the way they did it, I think they're just being precautionary. 
Um, there's been no gambling services shut down that I've seen yet. Um, also, oh, we're not hosted in the US. Uh, the server's actually hosted in Europe, and uh, I myself based in Australia. So I, I don't know. I don't really have any concerns yet, and I do actually see a lawyer about it too. Like I mentioned last time. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You've you've taken yeah. precautions there, and you know, I think uh, I don't I don't want to. Sp- I, to me, it kind of seems like it's a half-hearted attempt on their part because you can still get to it through third-party services like blockchain.info. Uh, you can, you know, use Tor. I mean, it, they kind of just basically, it's almost lip service. Yeah, well, you don't even need to go on the Satoshi Dice website to bet. It's All you need to do is right. send the Bitcoins to the address. So Yeah. Yep. All right, Paul. Well, awesome work on the site. I'll be in there soon to play. Uh, Drew, I just recently uh, dropped a few coins in there. So uh, he, okay. was, he was still uh, stinging from that one, but I'm sure you'll see him in there soon too. Yeah, sounds good. I might see him at the bar sometime. All right, we'll keep in touch and keep up the great work. Again, thank you. All right, thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. I'm just, uh, I'm just so impressed with Bit Vegas. It's such a cool mash of uh, um, Minecraft and Bitcoin and community. You know, because a lot of the community has built, or maybe all of the community has built that casino. Right. Yeah, I think you had like ten guys building it for quite a while, and yeah. uh, I think it's like six stories or something. There's a and I, I walked in there and I was like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. It is quite massive. Yeah. So if you haven't checked, you know, in fact, if you guys just go go load up Minecraft and then go to multiplayer mode and they just put bitvegas.net in there and uh, connect. I think, it's, I think it's M or MC bit.net. Oh, okay. Well, you go to bitvegas.net if I got the address oh, wrong. Yeah. It's on there. But yeah, okay, maybe it is. I don't know if it's MC. I forget. But I already had it in my thing. But you just go check it out. You get the play coins and you don't have to spend any money. Just be impressed what community can do uh, around Bitcoin. Oh, now, here's something you might not have heard. The world's first baby, Bitcoin baby, is born. How about that? M- okay, it is mc.bitvegas.net, by the way. The the world's first Bitcoin baby was uh, bought, and ins- well, the insemination <laughs> process was bought with Bitcoin. The baby itself was birthed by a mother. Uh, the uh, This is actually a crazy story because this uh, the doctor, uh, Dr. Lee, is a Bitcoin enthusiast, and uh, he was working on uh, different ways to fund his practice, and so he... He did the initial consultation via Bitcoin. He said, all right, yeah, if you want to come talk to me, uh, you can pay me in Bitcoin. But look, this is this is expensive, and this is going to be complicated. And to make matters worse, his clients didn't really quite understand what Bitcoin was. So he like had to give them a little education on how to buy Bitcoins and things like that. But being the uh, entrepreneurial parents that they were, they were willing. So uh, they, they, uh, they, they found a patient that will pay him in Bitcoins uh, via Reddit, uh, which is kind of funny, in total... Uh, they sold he the whole process was thirty bitcoins. Now this was a little bit ago, um, so bitcoins have actually gone up in value since then. But that was, the whole process from consultation to in vitro fertilization cost the parents thirty bitcoins, uh, which was around thirty six hundred at the time uh, USD. I think that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah, and, and he had to. I mean, he had to hold uh, hold their hands to get them to buy the money too, because or to buy the bitcoins. He had yeah. to go through like in a defunct exchange over in Australia. Yeah, yeah. This and that, all the way this and around, you know. But he said he had a, he had the sign on the on the front of his door for like forever, and and not a single person ever asked about it. That is uh, well, I don't know about that one. I I mean, I'm pretty big on Bitcoin, and I, that would probably like if I saw that sign. <laughs> I hell, I'd probably gather do your it. friends. Let's go. I'd probably do it. Yeah, I guess so. Anybody um, have friend Rachel? <laughs> well, we're talking about uh, babies and family stuff. I wanted to get our next guest on the line, so I'm going to give them uh, a ring right now. Let's see here. Now, this is something else. If you haven't seen the Kickstarter project, there is a couple that wants to live 90 days on Bitcoin. Hi there. This is Chris from Plan B. Hi, Chris. This is Austin Craig. 
Hi, Austin. Thanks for uh, coming on Plan B. Uh, you're live on the show right now, and uh, we were just starting to set up what you guys are doing. I just caught this the other night, and uh, why don't you tell uh, tell everybody what your goal is and what your project is all about? <clears throat> well, the project, we're calling it Life on Bitcoin. It's going to be a documentary film about an experiment that uh, my fiance and I are going to conduct after we get married. We're going to try to live the first 90 days of our post-honeymoon married life exclusively on Bitcoin. So that means all expenditures for everything we make for groceries, gas, rent, whatever we may need to use in our everyday lives will be spent only in Bitcoin. Now that seems like uh, that seems like a pretty interesting proposition. We've seen people out there who've done a week on Bitcoin, people have done some road trips on Bitcoin. I think one thing that was considered controversial that maybe people misunderstood at the start was a lot of people thought, well, why are you doing a Kickstarter? Uh, the Kickstarter is for the documentary, and I, I realize now I should have made that more clear. The, uh, the documentary film crew is going to be following us around for the three months that we're doing this. They're also going to be traveling around interviewing other people who are involved with Bitcoin one way or another and interviewing them, getting expert opinions so that we can explore the broader issue, but also so that they can follow us for three months and get this human story that uh, kind of helps illustrate what Bitcoin is all about. Right, because the, uh, the film crew isn't taking a Bitcoin challenge. <laughs> no, they sure aren't. I don't think they're ready for that. Uh, so how are you guys going to do this? You know, we talked with Cashmere Hill from Forbes, and uh, she she had designed a, a stringent set of rules. In fact, I would consider maybe uh, uh, overly strict in some regards. Uh, have you guys thought about this? Have you been brainstorming like, uh, well, maybe for bills we'll, we'll allow a proxy service? Or what are your thoughts on the rules? Well, the rules are what we're trying to do. We've, we've outlined some rules for ourselves, and we're going to be putting those up and publishing them publicly pretty soon. We want to reduce as many intermediaries as possible. I know there are services that will connect people uh, so that they can pay in Bitcoin and the receiver can receive money, but we want to use as few of those as possible. The test of Bitcoin as a currency is going to be whether we can regularly use it, whether we can use it for normal, everyday things. And we'd like to do that directly with the person that we're interacting with, with the person that we're exchanging with. So the goal is to do all of our transactions as directly as possible. And uh, the baseline bare minimum is that we can never touch any dollars. We can't use them for anything. I'm over on uh, lifeonbitcoin.com where I can uh, donate to the Kickstarter. And one of the things I notice is you have uh, some potential like uh, stretch goal type things with road trips, right? Is mm -hmm. this guy, I, I love this idea because this sort of ends up spreading the word about Bitcoin. And that brings me to my next question. Uh, what's your background in Bitcoin? Are you, are, you, are you both Bitcoin enthusiasts or how did this come about? Uh, my background in Bitcoin is minimal. It's mostly just interest. I do professionally, I'm a video marketer and I've worked in video production and acting for a few years now. Uh, but technology has always fascinated me. And I heard about Bitcoin a couple years ago and read about it. And I was reading about Bitcoin mining. And I thought, hey, let's give that a try. That sounds interesting. But quickly realized it was way beyond my technical skill and still is today, even if I wanted to get into that. But uh, I think what that allows me to do as a pretty average person who is not highly, highly technical is it puts me in the right position to do this kind of experiment. Can a normal person use Bitcoin? Can it be used in that way for everyday transactions? Uh, so honestly, I'm not terribly into Bitcoin right now. I imagine we'll become fairly expert pretty soon. <laughs> That's the, going to the deep end there for that one. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, 90 days is going to be, uh, I imagine in order to do 90 days, you will have to do some sort of negotiating with a fair amount of people you're buying goods or services from, right? You're going to have to try to convince them to take Bitcoin. Yeah, for all of our basics, I imagine we're going to have to be educating a lot of people, educating them on what Bitcoin is, what its benefits are, and then negotiating with them how to do this, and then walking them through the process of getting set up with a Bitcoin wallet and, and being able to work that into their maybe their accounting system. Uh, these are things that's it's kind of be going to be learning by getting thrown in the deep end, but <laughs> I figure we will learn fast that way. Now, did I catch on Reddit that your fiance's uh, employer, she's like a, she does contract work or something to that extent, they're going to pay her in Bitcoin during this process? Yeah, that's right. We we talked to them last week. You know, we've been working on this for at least a couple months, and uh, she hadn't talked to her employer until last week. And she said, "Hey, I'm doing this project. I just wanted to let you know that work is always going to be my my top priority. I'm not going to let this take a backseat. Uh, let my job take a backseat to the project. But I wanted you to be aware, and I'd love to have your support." Really, not knowing how they'd react, but thankfully, her employer said, "That's awesome. That's so cool. How can we get involved? Can we?" Can we, you know, we're working something out right now where maybe they'll be uh, one of the sponsors of the film and they want to be able to pay her in Bitcoin. We haven't negotiated how exactly that's going to happen yet because we're probably going to set it up when the documentary starts. Uh, but they were super supportive. And so that's another layer to this film is we're going to be receiving our payment for our jobs in Bitcoin. That is, oh, you both are. I'm certainly going to try. I do a lot of contract work. Uh, mm -hmm. I know one of my employers that I do regular work with They've agreed to this. They're very supportive. But I also do freelance acting and video marketing consulting. So we'll see if the people that I'm working with are, are game for it. Uh, and if they're not, you know, maybe we turn down the gig or maybe we do the gig, but I can't touch that money at all during the duration of the project. Oh, interesting. Hmm. That'd be difficult. <laughs> yeah. Especially, Especially when, <laughs> you know, if it comes down to a point where we're, where we're living in some way that's really not comfortable. You know, I, I know one shop around here that it's a sandwich shop that accepts Bitcoin. Oh, really? Well, that's something. So that's one thing. We won't starve, right? We'll have sandwiches. But we'll I met a week, we'll get really tired of sandwiches. Right. So uh, it might be interesting if we reach a level of discomfort where that's a temptation. But part of doing this on Kickstarter and doing it on the web is that we're completely accountable to our audience. We can't cheat. We'd get caught right away. And uh, you, uh, you folks are located uh, in which city? We're in Provo, Utah. Okay. Oh, wow. So there's a sandwich shop in Provo, Utah that takes Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, Drew, it's everywhere now. It's it's official. They come I, out of woodworks. It's kind of funny. When we announced this, I've, I've had a lot of people from my own neighborhood say like, hey, I use Bitcoin. And I never would have known if we hadn't put this well, out. There you go. And what's neat about this is at the end, you're actually producing uh, a documentary that I'll be able to get on disc or download, right? Is that the goal? That's right. We're going to produce a documentary. And that's what the Kickstarter is for. Uh, we're trying to raise $70,000 to produce this documentary. So we've hired a crew in Salt Lake and they've come on board. They've done a lot of short form documentaries, but they've signed on for this feature length project. And uh, they're super excited to follow us around for three months, documenting everything we do, the challenges we face, the things we learn. And then they're going to be editing for months afterwards. And uh, it'll probably take the better part of a year to get the fully finished documentary together. But by the end of that, I think, uh, I think we may have a really interesting and hopefully very educational piece in our hands. Very good. Well, Austin, uh, best of luck to you. So uh, folks can go to lifeonbitcoin.com or go search uh, Life on Bitcoin on Kickstarter. We'll have links in our show notes if you want to join. Of course, there's perks in there. I, I, I backed the project. I, uh, I think I'm going to get uh, 
Uh, there was a here. Let's see. What did I get? I got. I am a Bitcoin enthusiast backer. That's what I am. <laughs> so there you go. Because I am. So very, very good. Great. Well, uh, so will you keep us posted on the progress and how things go? And uh, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on things. But let's stay in touch, okay? Absolutely, we'll stay in touch. All right. Best of luck to you both, uh, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. Bye. There you go, Drew. See, those guys are braver than us. We're just doing Oof. some stinking podcast. I know, man. I, I, I'm kind of worried about it. I, I don't know how. There was a lot of sure. like blowback. Like, what do they need a Kickstarter for? And then, you know, I'm like. Uh, why, I'm, why didn't people figure that out? It's like. It seems uh, obvious how? to me that you got to pay a production crew if you're going to have it. Like, if you're going to do a good job and to spread the word about Bitcoin, you want a good looking documentary, right? You want it to look professional. Right. And this isn't, this isn't part of the challenge. I mean. Right. Maybe the, I, it's yeah. crazy for people to, to panic about that. I was like, that's obviously what the 70 grand is for. It's a very, I didn't even know that they had a, a Bitcoin donations because I only went to the Kickstarter thing, but I was like, yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah, obviously yeah. what it's for. Yep, they're taking Bitcoin donations too. Uh, we'll have links to that stuff in the show notes. Uh, all right, I have one more discussion piece that I wanted to uh, talk about before I got to our moment of Zen in honor of John Stewart's uh, summer vacation. Uh, so I don't know if these guys are the, the big dog in town, but, uh, dapper, you drapper, sorry, not dapper. Dapper be good though. I, I like the idea of a dapper. Right. I go to dapper you, uh, drapper university is now accepting bitcoins for tuition. Drapper university is a San Mateo events in California. If you don't know. Uh, and uh, they've started accepting Bitcoins for tuition and recently processed their first Bitcoin payment for their summer program, which starts later this month. According to informa information released by Drapper U, not Dapper, uh, the educational institution has become the first to accept Bitcoin for tuition. Drapper, which bills itself as an unconventional world-class boarding school for the biggest young, really, for the biggest young hmm, entrepreneurs from around the world. The brightest. brightest. That's... That word makes a lot more sense. Uh, these guys also accept other non-traditional forms of payment like barter, equity, profit sharing. Oh, that's interesting. Which is pretty interesting. I these are not like an accredited university. They're 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 like uh, an incubator extreme, I think. A next gen a, incubator. Yeah, I don't maybe. know how to describe it. Their their website is pretty cool though, except for the fact that it plays videos every page you go to. But it seems like a very very cool concept. That's because they're high tech. <laughs> I know. Right? Boom. Give me a what? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, all right. So I wanted to play. There's a little, uh, a little, uh, um, a little interview on Bloomberg. And for some reason, Bloomberg has, I, I don't know why, but they have done a consistent and uh, frequent coverage of, uh, of uh, Bitcoin. And I, I'm not complaining. I think right, it's great. Right. But I just like, I don't, I'm surprised. And so they brought on um, a guy who's a former Amazon investor back in the day. And they asked him uh, a few questions about Bitcoin. And he says, I, I think his his point in conclusion here is even if Bitcoin itself isn't successful, the idea has become successful. So will the future be Bitcoin? According to my next guest in a recent Wall Street Journal op-ed, he says the digital currency called Bitcoin may or may not survive long term, but it has already succeeded on one front, making people think seriously about an alternative form of money. More such alternatives to traditional currency will likely emerge. Bob Gelfond is the founder and CEO of global macro hedge fund MQS Management. Bob, Eric likes to tease me about talking about Bitcoin all the time. You're not investing in it, but you are very interested in it. Why? Well, I think it's uh, the start of, uh, you know, sort of a brave new world in a way, uh, you know, just the way that the internet has uh, uh, completely revol revolutionized uh, many new industries, businesses. I think the, the same thing is uh, starting to happen with money as well. 
All right. So that's pretty interesting, especially as somebody who's done investing in early internet startup companies. Uh, I don't feel like he's fully informed about Bitcoin, and I'm going to play a little more. But here's what he's saying. He's saying the idea is going to usher in a brave new world. And I propose to you, Drew, that what sounds like a very simple, nonchalant thing to say is actually a very, very big idea that if you think about it, is world changing. Bigger than Bitcoin? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the idea itself, I think, is bigger than Bitcoin. The idea that it is, the idea that Bitcoin is sort of solidifying in people's minds is that a non-state-backed currency has a lot of advantages. And that is just com a conversation that, sure, the fringe has been having for, for, for forever, since there's been a state-backed currency. But the mass majority, the, 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 the tech elite, the, uh, the investor um, VCs, they haven't been thinking about this. And now all of these people together are thinking of all of the millions of individual advantages to having a peer-to-peer currency backed by the people. And that is something that will never be turned off. Even if Bitcoin crashes to zero, that idea now, that seed's been planted. And I think that's, that's big if you think about it. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely is. Now, I want to I play a little more into this because it starts to go off the rails. Do you believe Bitcoin will do for currency what Napster did for music? It, it's it's very possible, and they they may have Napster's uh, uh, path as well, they, where they. the authorities come down on them, and either they'll have to change the way they operate. Uh, but even in the case of Napster, we saw iTunes and Pandora, Spotify come on to figure out a way to create a viable business but, model. But the point is that. Now that Bitcoin exists, we are beyond the point of no return. I think so, yeah. The, the, the genie's out of the bottle. So what would it take for you to buy some? Well, right now, I, I don't, you know, it's, first of all, it's a very small market. I mean, we, we, we trade, you know, currencies uh, and, and the volume of Bitcoin versus something like the yen is minuscule. Um, and, you know, also how you value something like this is, you know, I haven't quite figured out yet, but uh, it's certainly something we're, you know, I'm going to keep an eye on. It. There's also been some mishaps on some of the exchanges like Mt. Gox. Certainly the government and regulators are looking into it. Yeah, there's there's no doubt that you can't uh, operate uh, outside the the rules. The, the government takes this stuff very seriously. Things like money laundering, and uh, you know you're going to have to play by the rules. And that's what we saw with Pandora and these other groups in, in music. So just as Pandora and Spotify and now Apple, for example, yep. have gone and improved upon what was once Napster. How would you build a better Bitcoin? How would it be your digital currency be different from what Bitcoin is? How would it now, before I let him answer that question, you see how they're they're discussing Bitcoin like it's owned by some VC-backed Silicon Valley startup that they could just pivot their business model and all of a sudden they're legal, right? They're talking about it like it's like it's owned by some corporation. Yeah, they they struggle to grasp with the concepts, even that core concept, because to them, I think it's such a foreign idea, right? That some currency might not be controlled by some elite that. That just isn't how things work. Uh, but now listen to how he would build a better Bitcoin. And if this isn't the strongest argument why we need Bitcoin and not something else, I don't know what is. Function. Well, the, the idea that I, I came up with and wrote about, uh, as this is just you know one possibility, is, is to have uh, the companies that have cloud computing services issue a, call it a certificate, that will give the owner of that certificate 
one hour of computing time, and the owner could decide to cash that in right away, or they could hold on to it where, you know, for a year from now, two years from now, computers will be more powerful, and so that, that one hour certificate will, will have uh, more value in, in some sense. And, uh, and that might be a way for uh, the, the market to start uh, evolving. So as this market evolves and... So he's saying that what we should do, he's saying the idea of cryptocurrency is great, but it needs to be owned by the corporations. Amazon have a crypto coin, Google has a crypto coin, and then users go buy time, like shared shared time on the mainframe, and then I would trade my shared time for you for goods. Like we could exchange our time coins as a currency. And they wouldn't let you buy anything other than time, so they still have value. And his idea is it's it's cloud computing value. He writes about this. It's cloud computing value where it gives it gives the little users something to trade back and forth with their adorable little coins, but it's still owned and controlled by the corporations, and all the value goes back into the corporations. It, this he's trying, to, he's trying to make it top down. Like, why are people trying to reverse the way in which this whole thing functions? Preach you know? it, sister. Preach it. This is what what he basically Bitcoin's great except for the whole fundamental way that's designed. Is what right. he's saying. It is totally a top-down, where Bitcoin is a bottom-up approach that empowers the user. And honestly, if I could be like an old man, sitting in front of a fire, rocking in my chair, reading on the Kindle 17 or whatever it's going to be, smoking my pipe, I would love at that point in my life for all of these different services just to use Bitcoin as like internet money. And if you want it, you, you don't have Xbox points, you don't have PlayStation points, I don't have cryptic coins or, or Zen coins on Stowe or cartel coins on St Star Wars Old Republic. It's all Bitcoin. It's all Litecoin all yeah, across the board. And I can move it between all of them. And that fragmentation probably started Bitcoin to some degree, or at least, you know, spurred the idea of it instead of having, yeah, like you're saying, all these different points on all these different platforms. It doesn't really make sense when you can have one uniform system peer to peer with no central authority that's not, you know, you have very little risk and you don't have, you don't, they don't even have to manage it, right? They don't have to manage the actual protocol or, or you know, like with the Xbox points or whatever, you don't have to manage right? the, the Oh, yeah, it's that, a whole infrastructure load off. They're off. It's not even their problem anymore. It, yeah, they're that, offloading it to individuals. I know. So uh, what I think, I don't, I don't think we'll see it on these services, but maybe services that replace them in the future. What is funny is uh, I, this, whole, this whole concept that it shows such a fundamental misunderstanding of how Bitcoin works. And I think it's interesting that this guy is supposedly this big VC funder. And yet, think about this. Like, if all of a sudden Google time was this scarce commodity and I could only use Google Docs as long as I had enough Google coins, nobody would use Google Docs. It would collapse their entire industry. Because the whole thing is this free, all you can eat, you want to leave a Google Doc open in a tab all day long, go at it. Have right, at it, Haas. Trying to, in, trying to like add, ah, uh, oh man, what was I going to say? Artificial oh, time restrictions on top of that is, it's, it's silly. It's, it, it would kill the market because nobody's going to use these services if they're, if they're restricted like that. Right. You can't go back. Like we, people are not going to go, oh, all right, I can have the internet all the time, anytime. But now I want to reduce it to one or two hours a day. Yeah. And it, it, we're trying to introduce scarcity into something that is kind of pervasive. Right? So, uh, the internet, trying to, you know. I, I, I just, I was just rolling my eyes. I'll let it play out. We'll let it, we'll let him continue because how, how do we improve upon Bitcoin? Matures, like we saw with Napster and others came after it. How do you invest? How do you get in on this game early? Well, I think there's some, you know, some startups I'm not involved in that are, that are working on uh, coming up with ways to uh, uh, deal with payment 
processes and uh, sites that are merchants that are willing to uh, to deal with uh, Bitcoin and other di digital currencies. So I'm not sure, you know, as yet what the best way to invest, but it's certainly something to pay attention to. Well, Bob, you were one of the early investors in Amazon almost 20 years ago. Based on the promise of digital currency and the way you envision it growing beyond what Bitcoin is today. Would you consider investing in one of these businesses? Oh, certainly, if you know the right opportunity uh, came along. I mean, I don't do as much uh, angel investing as I used to, but uh, you know, certainly for the right opportunity. Why do you think this idea of alternative forms of currencies is so hot right now? I think people are very concerned, and rightly so, about the paper currencies, the government-created uh, currencies that, that we have. They see central bankers experimenting in different ways without really uh, understanding or appreciating what the, uh, how these experiments are going to work out. And, and people are concerned, is dollar in my pocket, is that going to be worth anything uh, five years from now? So why not just turn now? to gold? Why is all the money coming out of gold right now? Uh, well, uh, and you see, I really am impressed. First of all, I'm impressed that Bloomberg is continuing to cover Bitcoin with a lot of the other news agencies. When we started this show, I had so many clips that people were oh, complaining about me having too many clips. This is the only clip we have this week, right? Because yeah, that and is, and there's the, no drugs and uh, you know all that stuff. Right. Exactly. What? This is like they're talking about Bitcoin. They're not. They're not having a go at it. They're just like ha they're asking. You know, is it going to improve? They get the fundamentals wrong, but they're asking the right question there. They ask, how do you invest in it? That's the right question to ask. I mean, and then and then they're asking, why are people turning to it? These are all really good questions. And uh, I thought I'd just play out the gold aspect of this because I know we have a few people listening who ha who have been following gold are kind of interested in, in gold and Bitcoin. So I'll let them answer that. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, it seems like there's a you know, possible slowdown coming out of China and other places. Commodities in general are, are, are getting hit. Uh, growth is coming back a, a little bit in, in other places. So uh, hard to say. But you know, just in the case of uh, you know something like cars, we have more than one you know brand of cars. There's no reason that we can't have more than one brand of money. That that is. That but is we do. We have gold. We have silver. We have platinum. Some people consider those other precious metals. A, a, a quasi-currency yeah, money, they, they, if you like. Consider it a store of value, uh, a way to store your wealth. But uh, they're not. They don't have the, yeah, they don't have the liquidity to be. To they're be not a medium money. of exchange. Right. That that's the crucial part about something being money. It has to be liquid enough so that you know you could use it to buy uh, uh, your lunch uh, today. <laughs> Do you know of any institutional money that is going into Bitcoin and digital currencies? I've I've heard some VCs who are who are investing uh, in, in startups, but n nothing beyond that that I know of. How long do you think it'll take for that industry to mature is not the right word because that could be years away, Evolve. but to kind of get off the ground? I, you know, it's hard to say because something, you know, we, we've seen with other things involving the Internet, this, the speed can be uh, very fast. So I, I would think certainly within the next five years we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see a very different world uh, than we do today with regards to these currencies. I was. I thought uh, next year was, you know, sums it up real good. Right questions, wrong person to answer. But he did have some interesting insights. Uh, specifically in the uh, how long do you think it's going to take? He notes that it's, it seems like things are moving faster um, than, you know, in technology than they used to. I agree. I mean, you talk about, we were just talking with Austin, and he says, yeah, there's there's a sandwich shop here in Utah. And it's like, what, really? Okay. And uh, my wife, Angela, was at the hairdresser today, and uh, her, they, somehow they got on the topic of Bitcoin, her hairdresser. Her hairdresser says, yeah, well, we were thinking about gold, but now we're looking at Bitcoin, too. And that's like Angela. Well, you should, you know, do your research. That's not necessarily because <laughs> yeah, Angela's, Angela's seen the price go up and down a few times. But I just, it, I don't know of anything else that's kind of gone from 
internet techie thing into closer and closer into public uh, consciousness like this? Like, what else has moved this fast? It seems like yeah, I know, right? It seems like it's moving at lightning speed. It definitely is. And, and the thing that he was talking about with gold and all that is, what, you know, why don't you just invest in gold or precious metals and all that? Uh, on the Bitcoin Reddit today, I think they uh, France has made it illegal to mail precious metals. Yeah. And for people who uh, people who should probably uh, not forget is that the uh, the U.S. government under FDR uh, made seized. it illegal to own gold. Didn't they seize? Or I don't know. They, I, 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 uh, they had some kind of weird timelines. Um, I mean, and also, you know, they can make you register, you know, when, or at least when you purchase it, you're registered as having owned that gold. And I guess it kind of becomes like a gun thing. You know, we have to, you know, go through all that registration and the transfer of all that stuff. So, I mean, that'd be an interesting thing for him to have brought up. Uh, so, um, you know, I think the, the bigger story about uh, that interview on Bloomberg is uh, uh, because of his pedigree, his, his past in investing in a lot of successful companies, when he says things like that about Bitcoin, people listen to him. Uh, so even if he didn't give all the answers, you know, the way we wanted to hear them or would have liked to, he, you know, it was overall pretty positive and he is somebody you want talking about this stuff. So it's good news for Bitcoin there. Interesting news for France about the restriction of precious metals. Um, I think, you know, with these answers, everybody should just go out and play a little bit Vegas. Oh, you know, those bit Vegas guys should be sponsors of this show. Tell I know. What, if Reddit doesn't want them. We'll take them. <laughs> we'll take them. Probably more effective too. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of the show, you can email us plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com or go over to the Jupiter Broadcasting website and then just hit the contact link at the top of our site. And guess what? When you hit that, you can choose Plan B from the drop down or even better. We have a fantastic subreddit over at planbshow.reddit.com. And there's always discussions going on there, as well as uh, links to each episode where uh, you can give us feedback. There's a little conversation threads. People go in there and they tell us what's up, which I like. Oh, which, yeah. did you know the Bitcoin tip bots uh, doing Litecoin? Uh, I think I saw something that, that said altcoin on, on some part of some subreddit somewhere. I got uh, I got tipped uh, $10 in Litecoin, but I didn't accept it in time because I didn't know. Oh. I'm a jerk. We, we should ask uh, Mr. Paul about uh, Litecoin oh, and we the bit of Vegas. We should have, oh, well, we'll have, we'll, know, we'll have to get them on the show in the future. Oh, I guess so. All right, so there you go. You can go over to the subreddit and engage the community, planbshow.reddit.com. Brand new, just getting started, so it's a good time to get over there. And we're, You know what? If, if you've got a little uh, if you've got a little Reddit love in you and you like doing the theming and skinning, that's just not something I'm very good at. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to take that on, just uh, contact me. Um, just email the show, plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com. And let us know. You can also text message us or give us a call one three fifty two fifty eight plan B. That's one three five two five eight seven five two six two. Don't forget, we'd also like to get a comment or rating in the iTunes Store. It helps people find the show. When you rate and comment, then it it juices the iTunes algorithm and it says, okay, well, if they get a couple more of these, then we're going to start placing them higher in the store. And if three or four or five, or it only really takes even five, six, seven, ten of you, which means if you're listening and you use iTunes, that's you. Uh, to go in there and, tr and and do this, and then uh, we work our way up the charts. People find out about Bitcoin. People coming in looking for information about Bitcoin. Now is a good time. As that price goes down, people start getting curious because it gets to a point they can afford. They start doing the research. So it's a great time to spread the link. If you uh, like something from the show, maybe submit the time link to the Bitcoin subreddit. You can uh, go right to YouTube, find the moment you like in YouTube, and then hit the advanced options. And you can actually share the exact moment in the show on the, on the uh, Bitcoin subreddit. That way, you don't have to waste their time with the rest of our amazing show. Right, Drew? Yeah, yeah. We're also taking uh, your tips. We'll have a tip address and the QR code in the show notes. Uh, thank you, everybody. We got lots and lots. I think we almost got a total of a Bitcoin hey. uh, just from last week's episode. 
So that's awesome. Thank you, everyone. I, I appreciate all the tips. If you enjoy an episode, that's one way we're gauging how much you enjoy the show is based on your tips. So you can find the link or the code for that. Not really a link yet, but you can find our uh, Bitcoin address and a QR code in the show notes. And uh, don't forget to join us live. Boy, I'm just I'm going through all of uh, all of our <laughs> vegetables right now. Uh, the show is live on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. And you can hang out in our awesome chat room, chat with us live, and uh, join us for the pre and post show, which are even more Plan B. So if you like Plan B, you get even more if you join live. Don't forget, links to Drew and my social profiles in the show notes. Drew, have a great week, man. Oh, yeah, you too. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning to this week's episode. Wait a minute. Wait, why am I playing Coda Radio? Yeah, I was like, how did that I was, happen? I was scratching my head over here going, huh. Here we go, here we go. You know what, what happened is um, I, my button moved on me. There we go, there we go. It could be Coder, Coder B. Wait, uh, Plan Coder? Uh, plan Radio. That's uh, not working out. Plan B Coder. I guess we would have called it Bitcoin Radio. Could have been closer. Oh, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Plan B. That's this show. Thanks so much. And uh, join us next week, won't you? Oh, oh, I want to mention... RSS feeds in the show notes. Browse over to Plan B. Click on episode 10. Go down. You see the download links? Just below download links. RSS feeds. You can subscribe. Get the show weekly. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>